Welcome back to another episode of From J to Z. This is season two, episode three, and I'm a new dad. We're going to talk, well, I guess I'm already a dad. Whoop, whoop. I have another kid. So we're going to touch on that. We're going to talk a little bit more quarantine life, what's been going on with From J and Z, and we're just going to dive right in. I haven't talked to Z since I became a father for a second time. So we're just going to kind of see where the conversation takes us, and hopefully it's pretty good for you guys to listen to. So hit the music and let's ride. There's the spark they've been looking for, Sarek Valentin. And Antonella the save. Well, Antonella certainly got a touch on that. He needed to. All right, welcome back. This is your favorite pod, and we are your hosts, and I'm Zarek Valentin. And I'm Jeff Attenella. And we are brought to you by some knuckles that are feeling better. I'll tell you that much, Jeff. Knuckles are feeling good. When you social distance, you don't have to constantly wash your hands as much as when you're going out in public. I also realized the soap I was using was like super rough. So we switched soap, and it's been a game changer. So I could wash just as much, and my knuckles don't feel like a lizard's back. You know what I will say that has been a little bit challenging? If you do go out in public, like if you go to a grocery store, I'm so paranoid that if I touch something or maybe I accidentally touch something without getting the exact amount of hand soap or hand sanitizer where exactly I need to, my paranoia for germs has reached an all-time high. Dude, it's funny. We're all in Howie Mandel status. Where it's just think, like, Do you think he actually lives his life this way? Because that would be torture. The fact that he's gotten to where he is while having to look out for germs in this fashion is pretty impressive because it's an it's, it is an all-consuming thing to do. In his in his defense, he must have some incredible coping mechanisms. You know what I mean? Like things he does on a daily basis, or like when he leaves public. I imagine after like deal or no deal, he would like go in the back and just like just take a bath or something to just like immediately cope with that type of stress. You know, it's one of the things we've been doing is going down these YouTube rabbit holes and I've never watched America's Got Talent. Never. But we went down the rabbit hole, the golden buzzer. And you're sobbing? Oh my God, dude. Sobbing. <laughs> sobbing. That's actually been kind of a silver lining and a fun thing of this quarantine is just going down these certain rabbit holes that you just had no idea about. And now I'm just in love with so many, so many different random things. Those are immediate. Any, any golden buzzer is immediate tears. It's tears. just like it should, it should immediately come with that caption but liz's rabbit hole is the tiktok rabbit hole oh tiktok's taking over oh dude this thing is wild it's just it's also the weird part is it's multiple videos where it's the same thing but you still watch it it makes no sense you know what's weird is when you try to be more involved on social media which everybody's doing now because what else are we going to do it's our way of staying connected and i think it's fun i think it's a lot of fun it's actually really time time consuming to put together something worth other people watching on social media. It's also difficult because on a lot of these different things, we also don't know the exact consumer. So I would, I've been on Instagram two or three times now, Instagram live, and I don't know exactly who's listening, whether it's like a Dynamo fan or Houston fans. I'm getting people from like Argentina and Costa Rica, the all these different things. I agree. Dude, so the I Instagram no live is tough. Who's there? The Instagram live is tough because I just don't – I've done it once and I just don't understand. Well, I've done it twice. The first time I just went on to yell about Tom Brady. But I just don't understand. I just don't understand how to interact with people. But I don't know. 
we'll figure it out, I the, guess. The difficult part about it is questions come and go, but with the chat, if you don't actively see the questions load up, they're gone. Because someone could just be like, put a waving emoji or this or this, and then like within three or four comments, that question that you thought might be good is gone. Like so if it's I were like, to, if I were to go on, say, some famous person's Instagram live and try to get him to say something back to me, I would just have to be very persistent. Like, nope, nope, Pretty nope, much. nope, nope. You'd have to be that guy. And no one wants to be that guy, but you'd have to be that guy. But ultimately, if it means that much, maybe maybe you could be. You're going to be that guy. For sure. Oh, dude, so I got an Instagram question for you. All right, what's up? If you have a friend who is Instagramming and their quarantine life is not up to your standards, do you confront that friend? Do you cut that friend off? Do you just publicly shame that friend? What's the protocol for handling friends that aren't handling quarantine to your expectations? I have two answers for you on this one. So I had a friend that I had to call out because they've gotten better. But way before this all happened, they were a little bit loose about what they were doing. And eventually within like a week after, you know, they were a little bit loose, they completely 180 and we're like, you better stay in and do this. And I was sitting there like, listen, listen, guy, you can't be playing both sides of the card here. That's not okay. And on a somber note, my aunt has Corona or COVID-19 and so does my grandma. No way. Yeah. I didn't even tell you this either. We haven't talked. So my grandma's doing much better. Um, oh, and good. I was really scared cause she had pneumonia and she's doing better she actually isn't on a ventilator, but for a little bit she was, and she's doing better now, which is really great to hear. And it sucks being away, and obviously it's really tough to get in touch. So my reaction would be completely different now than it was before this happened, because ultimately, you know, it's there hit, are it's these hit home. It's at home. There are these wild cases where younger people are getting really affected, and some are losing their lives, and it's super sad. But typically, it's been the older people you know that with underlying conditions and stuff like that so now that it's hit home i'd probably get really offended because of the way it's kind of been a little more personal but like you know on a social media way you know before all this happened i was kind of being a little bit jokey you know because i'm the type where i'm not a huge confrontation guy as i bet you most you could guess so it's been a little bit you know, I'll lay some jokes and maybe they'll get the point from me kind of being sarcastic or something like that. Oh, yeah. Just passive aggressive the hell out of these people. A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm the same way. But what I don't understand, here's the thing, is now it's almost to the point where if someone isn't quarantined to the standards of what everybody should be doing, they're putting, they're, they're just putting off everybody else's time to get out of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way you got to look at it now. So I've gone from like, I think it's like you go from passive passive aggressive to just like being straight up, just <laughs> just just in go mode. Because and then if if your friendship suffers because of it, whatever. But you got to just like go straight at these people. I think I think they're arresting people in New York. They're like fining people five hundred bucks for being outside. My my buddy, one of my best friends, is in New York, and he goes, "Dude, you realize if 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 I go outside and I get caught, he goes, it's five hundred dollars." He goes, "You realize I could." go twice the speed limit and not even get a $500 fine. I might get arrested, but he goes, the fine will probably be three, 400 bucks. He goes, you go outside and you, you walk two feet away from somebody. The cop could 
give you a five hundred dollar fine. He goes, I can't afford that. I will. I will say this: that if you have a family or if you have a good proper home setup and you're not just by yourself all the time, it's a lot easier to stay quarantined and stay indoors. Because I do have some serious sympathy for the people that are just stuck by themselves in an apartment or something, because that would be that would be tough to just truly be on your own for that long of a time. That would be tough. But still, tough it out because we all want to get out of this thing, right? Realistically, I mean, you buy a video game now, or you just fa- or you're literally on FaceTime twenty four seven talking to people. Realistically, dude, Twitch, Twitch, and TikTok have taken over the world. Twitch is 100%. like. People are playing video games at an alarming rate. Dude, I wish Twitch was available back when I was decent at video games. I haven't actually played video games for a bunch of years now, but to think the things that I could have done at college with Twitch, I could be making money. Dude, I tried to do video games one night, no joke, and I hooked up my PS3 to my garage TV. And I was like, you know what? Totally living the college bro lifestyle. <laughs> My daughter's asleep. Kendall's asleep. Like I'm totally just gonna have a beer and play some video games in my garage. I try to plug everything in. The whole thing was black and white. I couldn't find like any <laughs> of the video games that I actually wanted to play. All my boxes were empty, and I played a quarter of Madden when Josh Freeman was the Bucks quarterback. So that was like 2011. What I did a quarter of it this? in black and white on my in my garage, and I looked at myself and I was like, you know what? This is not not this low. I'm not here yet. I'm not. Oh, I haven't goodness. reached this point yet, so it's not me. Dude, I I just think it's wild how video games have gotten to a point where people are making like serious money off them. It's almost too difficult to dive in at this point because it's just dude, you they're playing FIFA on ESPN. There's no catching like, up. No, you once you once you're out, you're done. So that's it. Yeah. You better quit. You know what I mean? You 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 your your whole game is done. You can't you can't dive back in. It's embarrassing. Especially if you have a family, it'd be really tough to spin the well, honey. I'm playing video games for us, so just kind of leave me alone and <laughs> let me give me like three weeks to get really good at FIFA, and don't worry, oh. we'll see we'll see some benefit from it. Oh man, that's, I mean, that's, speaking, a tough, that's a tough spin job. Speaking of us, how is the missus doing, dude? Congrats officially, by the way. I haven't officially uh, spoken. Uh, this is uh, the first time uh. we've spoken to you, um, or I've spoken to you. We of the audience. Um, you're a dad of a boy now, dude. What's up with that? So it is funny. The second kid, I'm noticing with the first one, the newborn, and like you're very nervous with everything you're doing. You're very unsure of what you're doing. You're very, you're just very nervous about every little thing because you read the books, you get scared. If there's a hair out of place, you're whatever you're losing it right and this one with the with connor my son's name's connor but if you're with the second one all i'm trying to all we're trying to do is make sure that remy doesn't like like smother not smother but play with him too aggressively or of course whatever like love on him a little too hard but before it was like you're afraid to touch their heads you're afraid to do all these things with the second one it's just like all right let's just like make sure this baby's okay fed slept warm and Literally, it's just like, all right, check, 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 good to go. So the scary you're passing part, around, you're passing around like a rugby ball. <laughs> I don't know about that, <laughs> but it's almost been a more enjoyable experience so far because the scared factor isn't there. Does For that sure. make sense? Like we're obviously yeah. more tired and dealing with Remy and dealing with the baby, and it's all still very fresh, so it's going to change a ton. But the the being scared factor is no longer there. 
if that if that you know makes sense no 100 percent. i mean you treat for for lack of a better word you treat a newborn almost like a like an egg right that you just are, you don't want to like you know crack you got to place it down so lightly not that you wouldn't do that otherwise but i understand the the tentativeness of everything and obviously now you understand put it this way when cam was born we asked the nurse at one point at like 4 a.m on like night two which you know is like a disaster we were like ma'am could you just take him for like an hour and just you know cradle him and hopefully goes to sleep or take him into that room with all the other babies and she was like yeah no problem I kid you not, she took Cam and tucked him away like Derrick Henry with a football and started cradling him. And I was like, dear God, ma'am, don't do that. And she was rocking him like Tiki Barber. And I was sitting there just going, you can't do that. That's a baby. And then now, like, the Tiki, Bar- happened, Tiki Barber used to fumble all the time. <laughs> exactly. He had a fumbling problem. <laughs> so, so I was sitting there just like, ma'am, for the love of God. God put my son back down. I'll stay awake. <laughs> I remember that with. I remember watching the first bath with Remy. The way that they were, it was like a car wash. The way that they were like smacking this kid. I'm like, oh my god, that's not what they show you in the videos at all. <laughs> it's, dude, so I was sitting there just like, I, I'll stay awake. I promise. I'm not that bad of a dad. But I could see like next time it happens, like cool, sounds good, Tiki. Just go for a little quick run. Just don't fumble. <laughs> oh yeah, take him, take him. Go for a hundred yards. Go for a hundred yards. It's all good. That, that oh, if you, if you haven't had a, if you haven't had a kid yet, that would be some pro advice: is let the nurses. If the nurses are offering to take your baby on the first couple nights, let them. You're gonna want to sleep. You're gonna want to stay with your baby, and you're gonna be like, "Oh no, I need them. Like they need to be in my arms." Let me tell you something: those Trust babies, me. those babies are in much better care if they're with the nurses, and you're gonna get some sleep. That's a pro tip. That 100%. is a, that is a pro tip. A hundred percent. Someone told me that too, and. We had our baby at uh, St. V's, but apparently St. V's doesn't have like a, like a baby room, like Good Sam does, the one downtown. So my buddy's like, hey, give him to the baby, though. Take him to the baby room. The baby can cry in other rooms, and they go and check on him, and you can sleep for like six hours. Like, dude, we couldn't do that. And I was like, what the poop is going on? And then I got Tiki Barber coming in, just cradling my baby. God, it was we had that so too, so, nerve-wracking. So they didn't do, because things were a little bit different because obviously all the things going on. So they didn't do room out, which for us we were counting on we were counting on room out because when they do room out, they take the baby from you for the night, they bring them in for feedings, and they just do the things that they just do the things with the parents that are necessary for you know keeping the baby healthy and making sure that you're feeding the baby the right way and all that. But they take the baby from you, but because of the COVID situation, they weren't doing room out, so that was a bit of a downer. And they had so for us. It was just me in the room, which was a bit of a downer too, because we wanted that moment with Remy where you could bring her into the hospital and you know what I mean? Like we were looking forward to having that moment, but it wasn't whatever. They weren't letting that happen. Well, if it makes you feel any better, again, we still haven't really had a full dad chat, but when we had Cam, I was feeling terrible the day of, like I just didn't get a good night's sleep. Liz went into labor at 1 a.m., so we didn't really sleep. And then it was like labor and we're like half sleeping. Eventually got to the hospital to eat. Went, uh, she had the baby, you know, it, I think she started pushing at nine. But dude, I was sick. So I went home to walk the dogs and I was like, honey, I feel terrible. And she was like, okay, just take your temperature. Like, I'm sure you're fine. I temp, my temp was like a 101, 102. 
And if anyone knows that, the doc was like, you're not going to be in the room. And we were like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, you're sick. Like, we can't have that. And I was like, "This, listen, this ain't right. So I'm like naked in bed, taking a cold shower, doing like the most ridiculous stuff to try to get my temperature down. This is probably just completely false. You know what I mean? Like eating ice cubes. <laughs> it's like when you were a kid and you tried to skip school, you'd like stick your head near the fire. Mom, my temperature is 150. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Billy Madison where he was playing basketball in his yeah. room trying to be like, I can't go to school. So this is the exact opposite. So eventually I take my temperature and it was back down to normal. And we thought, we thought the, the thermometer was broken in hindsight. Because you can't, your temperature can't fluctuate like four degrees that quickly. And ultimately, when we had cam, all the I had to have a mask on. So all the pictures, I have a mask on. I mean, so it was super kind of underwhelming. I couldn't do skin to skin. I couldn't do any of the cool dad stuff because I didn't want to have him close. For like two days, I had to have a mask on. Um, so in any of the pictures, it kind of looks a little goofy. We didn't get that like family picture like you guys got immediately because I just couldn't do it. And I couldn't risk it, even though we thought it was a faulty system. I couldn't, I couldn't risk it, and we couldn't do it. But so I understand what you're saying, which is like super underwhelming. Yeah. No. I mean, we had so so for us it was because we were obviously with everything you're hearing, you're fearing the worst. But for us, we just checked in. They checked our temperature, whatever. You do the wristband thing, and it was cool because like you're really not sure what you're expecting. But we walk in and the nurses are like cheering and they're saying, oh, you're having a baby. Such a good day. And of course, we were late. We were late to our own induction, of course. Duh. Duh. And they're, they're saying, well, we were wondering if you guys were going to come in today. Like, haha, funny nurses. Like, of course, we're coming. <laughs> and, and But they cheered us. They checked our temperature. We got the green light to go upstairs. And then we got all checked in, settled in. And yeah, I mean, from there on out, we had to wear masks during the delivery process. But even the nurses, it was funny because even the nurses and the the guy, anesthesiologist, I think, that does the epidural, they would walk in and say, well, what are the rules today? Do we have to wear masks? Do we not have to wear masks? And the rules changed at the hospital apparently so much that they didn't even know if they had to wear masks when they were with us. And it was kind really? of sad. Yeah. And it was kind of a bummer because you know how it is with that. We had one nurse the whole time from check-in to having a baby to checking out. Not checking out, but whatever. We had one yeah, nurse course. the whole process, and I never saw her face. And that was kind of weird because you share this moment with this nurse, and this nurse with takes Bane? such – You just never – yeah, pretty much. Like you share this <laughs> moment with this nurse who takes care of your wife, and all you want to do is give this nurse a massive hug and just thank her for everything, and you, I never even saw her face. So that part Where's was, was kind of weird. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. So that part was kind of weird. But, I mean, compared to what's going on in New York and all these other places, it was, you know, we felt really pretty fortunate the way that our thing worked out. Yeah, man. I can't even imagine. Yeah, dude. So it was like an easy process. We watched Tiger King, had the baby. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah. Tough kettle that. Yeah. Well, it was actually pretty funny because so that night I had to come back to get Remy because nobody's here. So we had a neighbor watching of her. Course. And I had to I had to come back to get Remy. And that night I poured the stiffest whiskey of my life, put it on ice, and I and I just thought to myself, I sat in my garage, I played music, and I thought to myself, you know what? This is gonna be the last moment that you're just alone by yourself for probably eighteen years, if not more. So enjoy this whiskey, enjoy this music, and just 
lay back on your couch and think about life. And that's pretty much what I did. And it was a great night. And I'm so tired, but that night was totally worth it. Good for you. I mean, it's just funny how those small moments suddenly mean so much. And like, you'll remember like the smell and what you're listening to. What were you listening to? Is it Luke? Your boy, Lukey? Luke, yeah, bro. Luke Combs, of course. That's your guy. He's my guy. And he's done so many at-home concerts that I'm just, every night, it's something else. Love it. Yeah, that's, those are the types of things that you really remember. Obviously, you know, it's just different than family moments. It's one of these things where you can sit and reflect and you think about, like, what's going on, the magnitude of the moment. It's weird. I was telling Liz, or I would think I was telling you how... It's just wild because a lot of times in life we have these moments and they happen and they're so big and they kind of happen out of nowhere and we reflect upon how big they are. Whereas like, you know, with a pregnancy, you're like given a date and a time and you know something's going to change your life and you know it's going to happen and then it's coming and it's coming and it's coming and it's coming and then you're there and you're like, oh, shice is like, this is it. And well, this that's is why, that's why it's so weird for the dad because... For us, it's like nine months of oh something's coming, but I'm still gonna drink. <laughs> I'm still gonna drink my beer and I'm still gonna have a fun time. But I know something's coming down the pipeline. And then once that baby's there, it's like boom, life changed. The women, I mean, obviously it's a million, million, million times harder for the women, but they have nine months where their whole life is like change, 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 a lot of change. For us, it's just like oh yeah, sorry you're pregnant, honey. I'm gonna go drink with the boys. Yeah, it's it's wild. I fully get it. So obviously, man, like you're home. How's uh how's life at home? How's Remy adapting to everything? To be honest, it's it's been a little bit I wasn't expecting Remy to be as obsessed with him as she has been. Because it's really? not yeah, it's not, you know, Connor's getting more attention than me. And of course everything's so everything is still very new. We're talking we've been home from the hospital, this is our third night. So everything's still very new. It's if the baby cries and it's cute, but it's also kind of we got to keep her away from him in a way. So that part's been a little bit difficult. But if he cries, it's I got to. Oh, baby Connor wants me. Baby Connor wants me. He wants me. He wants me. He's crying because he wants his big sister. So oh, every, really? Yeah. So it's like it's cute, but it's also trying to keep her away because she just wants to hold him. All she wants to do is hold him. But you have you obviously have to be super careful and she's only three and a half. So it's okay, well, for months we've been saying, all right, you're going to have a baby brother. We're going to have a baby brother. Here's this baby doll. It's going to be like, this is how big your baby brother's going to be. And she's walking around with this doll, swinging him, you know what I mean? Like swinging him by his leg and being like, here's my little brother. Here's my little brother. Mm -hmm. But now that it's a real thing, it's hard to be, okay, well, we know you love your baby brother, but eh, you got to dial it back a little bit because it's a real person and so that part that part's been a little bit weird and i guess unexpected but she's been good she i mean she's obsessed with him obsessed with him which has been kind that's of cute so, that's so cool yeah yeah that part's not, been cool. it's not the same but rufus was pretty much the same way dude my dog For, couldn't couldn't be less interested in this kid <laughs> dude rufus is incredible the first like week the baby was home sleeping like in the little co-sleeper on the side of our bed Every time the baby would cry in the middle of the night, Rufus, who slept on the side of our bed, would jump up. He would jump over me, jump over Liz, and try to, like, rush to the baby. And it was super cute. But eventually you're like, yo, homie, 
you need to you stop. gotta chill out you gotta chill out yeah so the funny part was eventually we like quelled it to where like eventually he looked up and he's like man whatever <laughs> this dude can cry if he's gonna take away attention from me like screw this guy right so right. it's just been funny to see him like go from being so obsessed to being like all right whatever if you don't want me to, you don't want me to see him i don't want to see him anyway my dog almost gave us a look almost as you guys did this again i can't believe we're doing this again everybody <laughs> <laughs> but all right so i got one i got one good at home story and then we can move on to other things but let's do it yeah so i had my first experience of okay you're having two kids two kid life i had my first experience today so kennel obviously because when you're doing the feedings you're not sleeping as well and she was just tired so i said okay i'll take i'll take connor i'll put i'll put remy down i'll get connor let me just sort through a couple things and remy's been fighting nap time a lot fighting it a lot so finally i just said all right you know what remy we're not gonna have nap time we're gonna have quiet time so i gave her a bunch of toys sent her to her room I said, all right, but the deal with quiet time is you're just here in your room by yourself. If you want to sleep, you can get into bed. If you don't feel like sleeping, you can play with these toys. But the whole point is that it's quiet time. I'll come get you when quiet time is over. Just be by yourself. Have fun by yourself. Do whatever you want to do. She's like, okay, okay. All excited. Whatever. So I get her into the room, get her into the quiet time, explain the rules. And then I go over to our room and I tell Kendall, I got everything under control. You're good. Feed Connor. And then when you're done feeding Connor, give him to me. I'll bring him downstairs. And my plan in my head was, and I'm going to bust out this workout, put Connor in a swing, bust out this workout, quiet time, Kendall sleeping, husband of the year, father of the year, bada bing, bada boob. And this is so super ambitious. Through, super yeah, ambitious. <laughs> yeah. But like it all made sense. It all made sense in theory. In theory, it was like, it was a great practice. And then from the time that I put Remy in her room for quiet time and made it back to our room to get Connor after the feeding, I had forgotten the monitor for Remy's room downstairs. And she was just yelling, dad, dad, dad. And finally I went on the monitor. I was like, Remy, remember it's quiet time. This is quiet time. She said, okay, okay. And then doing my thing, doing my thing. I hear it again. Dad, dad, dad. I was like, Remy, it's quiet time. She said, but dad, something happened. I said, okay. I go in there and her pants are on the ground and there's just poop everywhere. <laughs> like, like, dude. And of course, like, I felt so bad because she felt bad. But I was just like, what happened? And she's like, well, it was quiet time. So I couldn't tell you, but I really had to go to the bathroom. But I, so I had an accident and then I took my pants off and I had an accident some more. Oh man. So it went from, I went from me in my head being like, I'm dad of the year. My wife's going to get some sleep. I'm going to hang out with my son. I'm going to hang out with the baby. It's all going to be good. Quiet time for Remy, knocking it out of the park to end up being, all right, I'm cleaning poop out of my daughter's room. As she's oh, like jumping man. on her, as she's like jumping on her bed, saying, "Oh my god, this is so much fun! I love quiet time." <laughs> like this is not how this was oh, supposed to my go. Goodness, that's incredible. But that was my first, and I mean, Remy like hasn't had an accident in months, and it was like that was my first. All right, you have two kids, but uh, you, like you probably bit off more than you could chew. Good effort. Now you're cleaning poop off the floor. So yeah, so that Dude, that, that was that my is, welcome to the two kid gold. life. That was that my welcome. That is gold. It's just yeah. so funny because. 
I can totally see myself being something where like, listen, this plan is flawless. What could flawless. go wrong? Flawless. I was going to watch a baby. I had ran me down for quiet time. My wife was going to nap. And you know what? I was going to bust out a workout while all this was happening. And within, within 10 to 15 minutes, my daughter had pooped all over the floor. The baby was crying. <laughs> Kendall was standing up. And I was just standing there in my workout clothes like a complete idiot. <laughs> You know, you know what the probably the funniest part, the best part about this is, I guarantee you, if you explain this to like the timber staff, they would get it. Oh, dude, Gio the would first get thing, it. Miles the, would get it. The first thing I did was Facetime our strength coach because I was, I was just gonna say, you know what, I, and I actually ended up working out today, but I was just gonna say, you know what, I gave it my best effort, but my daughter, she pooped all over her room. What do you want me to do? Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> this is something you listen. can't prep for. I mean, listen, what do you guys want me to do? I'm in quarantine and this is it. Dude, speaking of quarantine, quarantine silver linings, you got any? I have a pretty good one. Well, I mean, obviously it's spending more time with Cam. You know what I mean? We we would never have this and you would never have how many weeks paternity leave unless you had in the off season. So, I mean, clearly we're in the same boat. But if we're going to get like fun stuff, not like dad stuff, it's not fun. No, fun, fun. Um... I'm starting to read a book, which is what? actually kind of cool. No way. What book? It's called, um, uh, the book is called, uh, it's by Maricondo. It's basically about, oh you're, you're going to, my gosh, dude, you're probably, you're going to be like, it's, uh, you're going to, you're not off to a good, you're not off to a good start. If you can't remember the name, <laughs> it's, um, it's like the, the, this, uh, tidying up. It's a, it's whatever. It's a, so it's it obviously hasn't, it hasn't the, stuck with you. No, no, no. But I can explain it. The life-changing magic of tidying up. I don't know what it's called. Um, it's about how you can organize your life and tidy up all the extra crapola you have. So, for example, if you have 37 t-shirts, break it down to 20. And if you have a bunch of pairs of shoes, maybe you can If you got 100 scale, pairs of shoes, scale it back Maybe you can scale it back down to like 90, 97. So... Ultimately, it's about having things in your life that spark joy. If you pick up a shirt, a pair of shoes, a book, uh, a pair of pants, and it doesn't spark joy with inside you, get rid of it. Get, get rid it of out. it. I like it. So I've been like reading this book and I'm like ready to go on this like huge, just like exile of all my stuff. I've already started, but... So that's for me, it's been able to like get back to reading, which I find pretty cool. What about yourself? I like it. So I got a couple silver linings, but I'll, I'll have to I'll ask you this question. Have you, so we've obviously, I think everybody at home has organized their house at least 30 times. 100%. I found I found myself organizing it in a way though, that however long this takes, whenever I'm out of quarantine and I'm looking for some of these objects, in my mind, I've organized it so smartly that when I'm busy with life, I'll never be able to find those things. Does that make sense? Like, oh, well, of course, of course, this object needs to go in the top drawer of my dresser because that's where everything belongs of this category. But when I'm in a busy mindset, that being thrown out on the table in the living room, I'll never find it again. Does that make sense? I do. And this is why in my book, we're getting back to oh, the book. All have, right, all right. You have you have to tidy by category, not by location. 
everybody always thinks, oh, let me go into the dining room and I'm going to clean up the dining room. Or I'm going to go in the bedroom and clean up the bedroom. I'm going to go in the rec room and clean up the rec room. No. Birds of a feather flock together. So you get all the books in your house and put them in one spot. You get all the t-shirts and you locate everything together. And then if things are tidy within each category, they'll be more tidied around the house as opposed to like little pods of things scattered around your house, if that makes any sense. Was this something that Liz recommended to you, this book, because you're you're messy or is this just like a thing that... No, I'm actually probably neater, the neater of the two. Ooh, shots fired. In all fairness. Yeah, shots fired. She's the cleaner of the two. I'm neat. I agree with that. So like my things are all in the same place, but I'll have dust, you know what I mean, around it, but I'm so neat. She'll be like super clean she cleans everything and she's an incredible cleaner love her so much um i always love i always love how you throw those in there (laughs) (laughs) but my biggest thing is like with this book i was listening to a uh, podcast about sneakers and it was a girl who's a girl designer of uh, some sneakers and she was saying how she read this book and really like broke down some of her collection because she had a bunch of like sneakers but they didn't really spark joy and she had so many, she worked with Jordan Brand and all these things. And like, they just didn't have that like it factor essentially. And after reading this book, if it doesn't, you have to get rid of it. And if you just do this enough, you're going to be left with like things that literally just make you happy. And if you're surrounded by only things that make you happy as opposed to kind of clutter, think about how much happier you'll be in your normal life. Yeah. I mean, rock on brother. Dude, I, so I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've read, I've read, I've read so many different books. I think my biggest problem with books sometimes is I'll read one book and because I read that book and completed it and felt very accomplished for reading that book, I always felt like I had to turn it into my life. You know what I mean? Like books are just suggestions from the person that wrote it and it's not the way of life. So I would just say tread carefully because like a year from now, you might be looking for that shirt that you threw out and at the at the time of a quarantine it didn't spark joy but at the time of going out and doing something going to a restaurant and it matched those pairs of shoes perfectly you're going to be missing that shirt yeah i mean that's definitely the biggest thing where it's like you have to try to somewhat figure this out but another thing that really occupied my time today which i think that we'll get this so it was an espn tweet and it said you can only keep 3 of these 9 movies a lot of those have been coming out, and I love them. They're sports movies. Friday Night Lights, Remember the Titans, Rocky, Glory Road, Blindside, Rudy, Space Jam, Miracle, Coach Carter. I'll read them again. Friday Night Lights, Remember the Titans, Rocky, Rudy, Blindside, Glory Road, Coach Carter, Space Jam, Miracle. My first two are easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Remember the Titans and Miracle. Easy. Whoa, then, you went Miracle. Remember the Titans then, oh, is, dude, is easily number one. Dude, I think Miracle Miracle is the movie. I, I love hockey, but Miracle is the movie. And then my only hang-up would be, man, I love Rocky, but I also love Friday Night Lights. The other ones, get them out of mm. here. Rudy, Rudy... I'm not big on Rudy, honestly. Space Jam, whatever. I get it. Michael Jordan, cartoons, cool, okay. But get out of here. That would be a tough call between the two. Friday Night Lights gets me every time. But Rocky, I got to go Rocky. Easy. Rocky. I think you have – I I agree with Remember the Titans and Rocky. I think those those two are easy for me. 
If you don't and get then, Rocky, if you don't get Rocky one, you don't get Rocky two, three, four. Exactly. You have a whole, you have a whole thing there, which I, I don't know if it's individual movies or the whole series, but I don't want to get too deep into this. I don't want to get too Larry David and Seinfeld and deep into this. Uh, um, all right. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with like Friday night lights, like my thing is like, if you get one movie, you might take space jam for watching it with kids. No, nah, no space jam was okay. <laughs> Space Jam was okay. It, I mean, the it was good. Friday Night Lights—they don't win at, at the, the end. Time, though. but it, there's life lessons. Yeah, I know. I mean, the only thing that I like—I like, I like okay. a sports movie. Yeah. I like a sports movie that brings out emotions. And if you don't cry during Friday Night Lights, you got no emotions. All right. Well, I got a question for you. Which speech is better, the Miracle Speech or the Friday Night Lights uh, speech? Miracle Speech is better. Booby Miles crying in the car is one of the most impactful sports scenes in a movie ever ever you can't you can't watch that movie and watch that scene and not cry that's a that's a bold statement cotton all right well i gotta wrap it up because i gotta go back inside baby wife child but appreciate it thank you everybody for joining us hope you like this episode leave us feedback on twitter different topics you want us to talk about because obviously without sports going on Zarek and I are just kind of shooting it, but anything you guys want to talk about, anything you guys want to hear about or want us to speak on, please let us know so that we can keep these episodes rolling. Um, outside of that, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, we're going to do our best to stick to it. My schedule just got a little bit more crazy, but we're going to figure it out. Zarek, you got anything? Congrats to Papa Jeff, man. Enjoy it. Try to get some rest when you can. Uh, Kendall, you're a champ. We love you guys and uh, be well, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, everybody. Take care.